Hi and welcome back. We're in a series called How to Hold God's Hand. And I've been teaching you about this concept of holding God's hand because when you hold someone's hand, you can't walk ahead. You can't fall behind. You can't do you can't walk too far away from God and still hold his hand. Holding God's hand is practicing the presence of God. Holding God's hand is knowing what it's like to be with him and do life with him through the storm, through the ups and through the downs. Why am I doing this uh, series? Because we love you and we know that life is tough. And we know that we're going through times that probably we will talk about for years to come. So as we talk about holding God's hand, I pray and my heart's desire is that you will come into such an intimate relationship with God that your walk with God will not be religious anymore. It will not be ceremonious or traditional anymore, but it will be intensely personal and superbly eternal. Let's pray. Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, I want to thank you so much for those who are gathered with me today, for those who have tuned in and who desire to listen to what it's like to hold your hand. Father, I want you to explain to them. I want you to reveal to them because truth comes by revelation, not by reasoning or by research. It comes by revelation. Only you can convince people, men and women, that you are real, that you are worthy of worship, that you are present. Only you can convince people of who Jesus is and why they should make the necessary commitments. Father, I leave that to you. I'm going to open your word and as always, speak through your servant and allow your word to do its thing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We aren't going through tough times all the time. Very often, life is good. For many, life is good. We often find ourselves in fifth gear, doing well. Some people call it cruising. We wish it would last forever. We count our blessings and we are grateful for the many benefits. So then how do you hold God's hand when life is great, when life is going well? How do you hold God's hand when life is good? What does it look like to walk with God when there isn't a crisis, when there isn't a problem to solve, when there isn't a wallet to fill? Will we still yearn for the presence of God? Will we still long for him, long for his, uh, his presence, seek his face? After all, what is the first and greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. So let me take you back to a guy in the Bible who gives us an idea of what life needs to be or look like when it's going well. Our heart needs to look like when life is going well. His name is King David and he was a psalmist. He wrote psalms and he was also a prophet and a king. Very, very intelligent, very gifted guy. And he's all over the Bible and we talk about him to this day. Psalm 116 in the Bible. He asked this beautiful question. Are you ready for this? He asked this beautiful question in verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits? What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits? I love that. I just I just love that question. It's a worship question. It's a question about gratitude. It comes from a heart of saying, God's been good. How can I be good? God's been generous. How can I be generous? What can I give back to God? How can I show my appreciation? When you think about it, when you give thought to it, beautiful, 
When life is difficult and we go through painful and tough times, we cry out to God. You remember those prayers? We cry out saying, Lord, save me. Lord, take this out. Lord, please heal. Lord, I promise you, if you do this for me, Lord, I will trust you more. I will give more. I, we make all these vows, these promises, and we think about how we will be when things are better, how we will serve God when things are better. If only this were not the case, Lord, I would give so much more or I'd be much more available to you. Lord, get me out of this and I'll serve you with my whole life. How many times, huh? How many times we've gone through times like that? We've said things like that and we have asked God to save us. Has he done it? He's done it. And when that time comes, when everything becomes okay, when God does heal, when God does get us out of the situation, when he does deliver, when he does rescue, when he does provide, do we thank him? Do we keep our word? Do we fulfill our promises? Do we rescript our lives for a better witness? Let's go back to what David was thinking before he said this. Okay, we're talking about this one beautiful question. He asks, what shall I render to God? What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits? But that's in verse 12. So if you go back to the first part of the chapter, verse one, he says, How, uh, I, I love the Lord, he says. He says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. You see, he's heard my voice. He has heard my pleas for mercy. He says, I love God because of that. He says, because he has inclined his ear, therefore I will call upon him. He says, I have called on the name of the Lord uh, and asked him to deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. He is his God, our God is merciful, he says. Verse six, he says, the Lord preserves the simple. When I was about, when I was brought low, he saved me. You see, this is what has been happening. He has cried out to the Lord. He has experienced some tough times. He's been through valley experiences. He's cried out and God has saved him. Then he says, he says to himself, return, O my soul, return, O my soul to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Verse 8, he goes on to say, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears. Isn't that been our story as well? You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Then he says, I believe and I spoke to myself. I said, I am greatly afflicted. And I and sometimes in my alarm, I said, all mankind are liars. I cursed and swore. It was tough times. And I cried out to God and he delivered me. Now I want you to look at the three or four areas where David says, because you delivered me, what shall I render to you as a thanks, as an offering of praise? as a sign of gratitude. And he lists four things. And I'm going to give you a fifth bonus one, but he lists four things. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's in verse nine. He says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. That's verse 13. He says, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people. That's verse 14. I will offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. That's verse 17. So you've got to understand, David's a man who has exemplified what it's like to cry out to God, that is hold God's hand in times of danger, in times of need, in times of hardship. And he also is the man that shows us how to cry out to God or how to praise God and how to lift God up, how to exalt God when things get better. How to remember how God was there for you and now be there in God's presence continued. I want to jump a couple of chapters to Psalm 118, verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 17 and 24. Just a few verses. Look at these verses with me. Psalm 118, verse 5 says, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. What happened? The Lord answered me. What did he do? He set 
me free. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side. Verse 8 and 9. He says it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. He knows where to turn. He knows that relying on man is, is futile. It's, it's pointless. He's done it before. He's failed. He knows that God is the one he needs to turn to. So he says, it is better to take refuge. In verse 17, he says, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds. See, he says, I'm not going to give into the situation. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to go out snuffed out. I'm going to live and I'm going to recount the deeds of the Lord. I'm going to get back to a place where I'm worshiping God with all my heart, all my soul, loving him with all my strength. And then he says that verse, which has become a chorus today in verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let me give you five areas. Four of what David says, and I'll throw in a fifth. All right. Number one, number one, you and me. When we have been through difficult times, when we have seen tough times, we've seen pain, we've seen sickness, but God has brought us into the clear. He's brought us into good times. Now things are good. Things are well. When things are fine, when things are good, when the money is rolling in, when life is uh, allowing us opportunities and, and we're in cruise mode, what do we do as we look back? What do we do as we look forward? Here's five things. Five ways to hold God's hand when life is good. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Write this down. I will live for God's pleasure. I will live for God's pleasure. This is, a, this is about focus. What's the focus of my life going to be? When things are good, do I turn my eyes off God and onto my success, onto the rising numbers, onto the targets being met, onto the new friends I'm making? onto the laughs and the jokes? Does my heart wander off to something else less uh, meaningful and significant? What will be the focus of my life? He says, I will live. I will live and I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My eyes should be on God nonstop. Your eyes should be on God nonstop, even when times are good. Isn't that right? So we decide today, I will live for God's pleasure. Whether times are difficult or whether times are good, even if I'm going through a great time in life and there's tremendous success, I will continue to be a God pleaser. I'm going to keep my eyes on God. My focus, the focus of my life is going to be the person of God, the person of God. A second thing I'm going to do as I hold the hand of God during good times, I will maintain a habit of praise or worship. I will maintain a habit of praise. David says, I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, blessed are those who call upon the name of the Lord. God has been given so many names in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Nissi. He's my banner. He's my provider. He's my rampart. He's my stronghold. He, God is my refuge and strength. God is, God is my shepherd. He, depending on which part of my life uh, needs him, I call on him. I call on that name. I call on God. When we call on the name of the Lord, we are worshiping and we are praising him. So I will maintain a habit of praise. 
I will maintain a habit of praise. This is about credit. This is a question about credit. Who will get the credit of my life? Praising God means acknowledging that if it went for God, if it went for God, I wouldn't be able to go here. I wouldn't be able to do this. If it went for God, I wouldn't be able to enjoy this meal. I wouldn't be able to enjoy this travel or this holiday. I wouldn't have this job if it went for God. Never stopping to remember, always remembering to give credit, giving credit to God, even for the things that you think is due you. A humble man, a righteous man, a godly man gives to God the only thing he has to his name, and that is the credit for what he thinks he has done. I'm going to say this one more time. Men, listen to me. The only thing you really have that belongs to you is the credit for what you have done. That's the only thing of value you have. So when you talk about giving God a gift, money is not of great value to God. You can't give God anything he doesn't already own. The only thing he doesn't own, which you have, which is yours, is praise that is due you. And when you, my dear brother, my, my man, my friend, when you take that which is most valuable to you and you bow your knee and you give that to God. In the Bible, the picture is given, talked about putting our crowns before God, our accomplishments before God. When you take what you think is yours and what you believe is yours due to you and you give God that praise, you give God that credit. And people are like, whoa, come on, man, have some self-respect. Uh, this is due you, you, it's you, man. It's your hard work. It's what you accomplished. It's what you man, made of yourself in this life. Yeah, sure. I did. Maybe I did. If it went for God, if it went for God, if it weren't for God and a humble man, a holy man, a godly man takes the one thing that is due him and he gives it to God because it's of greatest value to him. What are you without your leg legacy, without your respect, without the honor that is due your name, without the honor and and, 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 and a reward for your hard work. What else do you have on this earth? When you take that which is of value to you and you give it to God, that's worship. That's when you have called God your God. Join me in living a life like that. I will maintain a habit of praise. We're not talking about singing and dancing. We're talking about giving God credit for what is due him. Giving God credit for what is due me so that all praise goes to him. Say it with me. All praise goes to him. He must increase and I must decrease. A third way to hold God's hand when life is good. I will keep my promises that I made in my desperate times. Remember what I said to God. Remember what I said out, out in my desperation. When I cried out to God, if you save me, I will do this. I will give. I will go. I will serve. I will be available. Remember the things that you asked God for when you, when you cried out to God. Remember that he saved you and go back to that. David says in verse 14, I will pay my vows. That's his promises. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. I will let everybody know that in my secret times, I cried out to God and he answered me. In my public times, I will show him the gratitude that is due him. I will pay my vows. This is a matter of gratitude. It is a matter of gratitude. There was a matter of focus. There was a matter of credit. And this is a matter of gratitude. You have to show people your gratitude. A man who lives with gratitude, a man who shows gratitude, shows greatness. 
A man who shows gratitude shows greatness. People will respect you. Your wife will respect you. Your colleagues will respect you. Your subordinates will respect you when they recognize that you recognize where you got your blessing from, where you got your blessing from. Come on, man. Give the glory to God. Give him the praise, even the praise that's due you. Don't take all the credit to yourself. Give it to him. Be grateful. Remember the things you said, the things you promised God, the vows you made when you went through those valley experiences, when your loved ones were sick, when your children were hurting, when you were alone. Remember what you said. When I get married, I'll do this. When I get a house, I'll use my house for the glory of God. When I get children, I'm going to teach them this and that and whatnot. When I get a job, I'm going to give generously to God. When God blesses me, I'm going to bless others. Remember the promises you made to God and follow through. Follow through. A fourth thing that David says I want to bring your attention to is I will offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. In verse 17 says, I will offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving. There were different types of varied number of sacrifices in the Old Testament. There was the sin sacrifice. There was the harvest sacrifice. There were all sorts of offerings. One offering is a thank offering. When God does something for you, when God comes through for you, when God shows up, when God delivers, when God heals, Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Don't say thanks, give thanks. Show me your gratitude. Show it. David says, I will show it. I will offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call on the name of the Lord. I'm not just going to call on the name of the Lord when I need him. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord when I want him, when I desire his presence, when I want to praise him, when I'm giving thanks and recognizing his uh, character in my life, his follow through in my life. This is a matter of sacrifice. Write down sacrifice. This is a matter of this is a question of sacrifice. What will you sacrifice as worship to God? What's going to be the thing that costs you? What's going to be the thing that costs you? Number four, write this down. I will give till it hurts because God was there when it did hurt. I will give till it hurts because God was there when it did hurt. Many are very legalistic. Many are very basic and very organizational. They're like, tell me what, what I need to do. Tell, oh, 10th. Okay, okay, I'll do divided down to the decibel and this is this is my tithe okay i paid my tithe my duty is done now god has to be good to me that's not gratitude that's not sacrifice you pay your tithe you pay your taxes that's what you owe you're giving nothing when you give your tithes your tithes belong to god it belongs to the house of god it belongs to god's work what you give sacrificially is the thank offering what you give sacrificially is that which comes out of the joy and the gratitude for where you were and where you are now, for what God brought you through and why God brought you through. That is what you give. Blessed are those who call upon the name of the Lord. Even more blessed are those when life doesn't compel you to. When you God, 
when you are in trouble and you call on the name of the Lord, blessed are you. But when life doesn't compel you to call, you're going through great times. God has trusted you with, with wealth and riches and opportunity and, and life is going well. Career, career is going well and, 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 and opportunities are flowing in and doors are opening for you. That's the time. That's the time in when, when, when you remember him. Remember the hard times. Remember the goodness of God. That's the time when your witness and your praise really counts. It really counts. You know how people are like. And you, you've said it before. You know, whenever people praise you, oh, they want something from me. Whenever people uh, butter you up, whenever people shower you with compliments, whenever people are extra nice, extra, extra cooperative, extra submissive, you know, uh -huh, I think I know what they want. They want something from me. So that praise which comes from want, from need, from the valley experiences, from the pain, that praise can be doubted. But praise that comes when life is good, when you recognize God and give to God and sacrifice till it hurts because God was there when it hurt, that's a blessing. You see, my friend, faith is tested in the storm and fire. Our faith is tested in the storm and fire, but our love is tested in comfort and success. Faith is tested in the storm and fire, but our love is tested in, the, in, in, in comfort, in times of comfort and in times of success. Will you really love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength? Will you really love the Lord, your God, with everything you have when things are good? How do you hold God's hand when life is good? Let me throw in one more for you. I will prioritize his presence. I will prioritize his presence. This is about priority. Write down the word priority. This is, our pro this is about priority. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 onwards, a story is told of three members of a family, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, a family that was very dear to the Lord Jesus Christ. He hung out with them Sunday afternoons. He would, he would stay at their place whenever you know he swung by that, that little town of Bethany. So Mary and Martha were in the house and Jesus was visiting on this one occasion. And when Jesus was visiting and he was sitting and talking, Mary and Martha were both busy. One was busy with the dishes and cooking and running around and cleaning and preparing the house for the master, preparing the meal for the master. But the other one chose to spend time with Jesus, chose to spend time with Jesus. And Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, why are you fretting? Why are you running around in circles as if serving me was better than solitude with me? Mary has chosen the better thing. She is here. She's sitting at my feet and she's going to gain more from me than you are going to gain from me in this particular situation. Time with Jesus, spending time with God, being in his presence when life is good, prioritizing time with God, time with his people, time with the group, time of prayer, time of worship, time of church, prioritizing what is uh, time with God. Prioritizing time with God when things are good, that shows where your faith really is, where your love really is. My friend, sitting at the feet of Jesus, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, you will stand at the tomb of pain. Mary experienced that. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, you will stand at the tomb of pain. God will see you through death and beyond and loss 
all kinds of losses. You will know the resurrection and the life. You will know the power of God when you have experienced his presence. Reinforce. Call and reinforcements. When times are good, spend time with him. When times are good, read extra. Get into the word. Because when you're in pain, when life is hard, when you have to meet deadlines, when you're going through a strained time and you're tense and anxious, then you go to the word for, for answers to your situation. But when life is good, that's when your mind is free to go to the word for what God is thinking, what his plans are, what his vision is. This is my heart's desire for me and for you, that you and I would monopolize on the good times, monopolize on the good times. Rather than straying away from him, we would draw closer to him. Straying happens involuntarily. Drawing happens voluntarily. You choose it. You choose to love God. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, you'll stand at the tomb of loss. I wish you never go through difficult times. I wish you never see sickness or sick days or hardships or pain or loss. I, I wish that for you. But life isn't so kind in the world that has turned its back on God. In creation that has been separated from God, life is not that kind. When God has saved, when he has healed, when he has brought you through that barren land, will you let the gratitude wear off? Will you let the gratitude wear off? Here's the other question we started with. What will we render to God for all his benefits? What shall I render to God for all his benefits? The Lord bless you in his word. Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way. Songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.